Hello, hello, Kristen here. Just wanted to let you know that this episode was recorded before the podcast name change. If you hear any old terminology, that's why. Thank you for listening. What is up, notable women? How are you doing today? I hope you are fabulous wherever you are in the world as you listen to this episode. Today, I am talking to Aisha Sequera of Diaper Dogs. Aisha came to me with her business as the main topic of her interview. Diaper Dogs helps with the sort of, well, I guess we'll have to say it, poopy business that mothers have to go through when they want to save money and help save the environment by using cloth diapers. I thought this was a really important and interesting issue because not only is it a problem that parents face, but it also has a huge impact on the environment. And I know that my husband and I had a lot of difficulties with making appropriate diaper choices for our son. So I thought it'd be fun to talk to her hear about how she solved this problem and what it means for the rest of us, as well as a bit about the environmental impact that diapers have. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Aisha is a delight, and I'll catch you on the flip side. Welcome to the Notable Woman Podcast. Today's interview is with Aisha Sequera with Diaper Dogs. That's D-A-W-G-S. Please join me in welcoming Aisha. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Now, I was totally stoked when you first reached out to me and told me about your your company. But let's talk a little bit about you first. So who are you? What do you love? What makes you tick? Well, uh, by education, I am a graphic designer, and I've been doing that for nearly a decade. And back in 2012, I was working at a risk management firm, which is very exciting. And I was laid off and I was laid off while I was pregnant. Now, thankfully, I had started my company, Diaper Dogs, about a year before, but it hadn't quite taken off yet. Uh, So basically what what I did was I was trying to basically save money uh, with claw diapering. Claw diapering can save a family, you know, up to $2,000 per, per, per potty phasing, potty training phase. And so when I was pregnant and looking towards some options, you know, I went down the black hole of blogging and had eventually decided, well, let me just try this cloth diaper stuff. And so I did that. And it was amazing. Like it saved us a ton of money, but unfortunately it kind of got a little bit gross. <laughs> I, I bet. <laughs> Yeah, it's a little bit hands-on and not not to go into too much, but basically if you're breastfeeding, you can go ahead and toss the diapers in the in the washer. It will rinse out just fine because uh, breastfed poop is water-soluble. However, once your baby starts to eat any kind of solid foods, you have to clean that down the toilet. And, you know, that kind of, kind of got a little bit messy for me. And so that's when I kind of came up with the idea of diaper dogs. So my kitchen is right across from my laundry area. And I noticed my oven mitt, pair of silicone uh, oven mitts hanging on my oven rack. 
And I just said to my husband, you know, what if these mitts were just really small to like fit inside your fingers so I could just quickly not have to touch these these diapers like I was. Either I did it by hand or either I did it with like a Walmart plastic bag, which was messy and I kept having to throw away the bags afterwards. And he said, just go for it. And so that's kind of how Diaper Dog started. It all started with me getting getting laid off uh, really at my graphic design job because honestly, if I hadn't been laid off, I don't think I would have had the guts to to go all in. That is an amazing story. First, I'm I'm obviously really sorry that you were laid off when you were pregnant, but I can see how it was a catalyst for this really awesome, exciting thing, which is amazing. But still, that that's sort of those sort those stories break my little heart. I always feel so bad. Oh, yeah. And I was my job was carrying the family health insurance. So when I got laid off, I lost my insurance and they tried to put you on this thing called Cobra, but it's very expensive. And I was kind of in the the kind of weird period of Obamacare just starting up. And so even though we applied for it, they lost our application. It was lost in some kind of government black hole and they told us oh just go ahead and charge your doctor's appointments on your credit card and we will it'll be retroactive seeing that i don't trust the government at all <laughs> i told my husband ah, i don't feel comfortable charging all of these doctor's appointments on credit cards so it just came to the point of me having to pick and choose which appointments i would go to so i didn't get to go to all of my prenatal appointments but luckily my doctor she was able to give me a discount because i was paying in cash and it, it worked its way out in the end. It was very stressful, but it all worked out. I can't imagine. I have a couple of friends who have to do a lot of government type stuff. Uh, maybe they're on Medicare, Medicaid, or food stamps, you know, uh, different forms of government assistance. And every time they talk to me about it, I always go into a shell shock because just the amount of paperwork alone yeah. is overwhelming. And then you throw in the number of times that things are lost. I've spent a lot of time as a manager, so inefficiency sends me a little crazy. <laughs> uh, government stuff, it just makes me a little, makes me a little, uh, I'll say a little, a little crazy, definitely. Too much inefficiency for my liking. They eventually kept their word. They they did pay, it. all the bills that I accrued did you know, it was retroactive and they did end up paying it off. But just initially, just trying to trust Uncle Sam to say, it'll be okay. was <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> oh, gosh. And when you're pregnant, too, because I, I only have one tiny human, but certainly just the amount of stress your body is going through so much, so much is happening. So that that's a lot to deal with. Oh, yeah. And was this when, for your first tiny human or your second tiny human? That my first, my first uh, tiny human. Oh, excuse me. Actually, no. Sorry, I have two boys and they're like, you know, they're 18 months apart, but they're like twinsies. And this was with my second boy. Wow. And two boys, too. That's mm -hmm. awesome. Now, you mentioned that it would be about $2,000 in, in monetary savings. So that's uh, from the child's birth to around how old do most kids start uh, this end this uh, diaper thing? About two and a half years old. A lot of people say that when you clot diaper, because it's cotton against the skin and the baby can feel that they're wet better than a disposable, then that babies can potty train as early as 18 months using cloth diapers. But for me, my kids, well, yeah, it took about, for me, it took about three years. And I feel bad. <laughs> I feel a little uh, ashamed saying that, but I had such a terrible time potty training my 
first because I was trying to force it. And so, you know, kids give you signs when they're ready to potty train. So now with my second, he's just a little over two years old and he's showing signs that he wants to to potty train. So we're, we're training him, but he's still in his cloth diapers at like two and and five months, two years and five months years old. So what are the, some of those signs just for, uh, just for, well, really for me, because I have a 17 month old. <laughs> well, the biggest sign is that my baby, for example, when he, when he pooped, he would take his hand in the diaper, pull out his finger covered in treasures and show it to me. <laughs> and other signs was when I was changing him, he would just lift up his legs and assume the position. Got it. Yeah, he knew exactly what was going to go on. So that's kind of my children's warning signs. My husband, so I work a full-time job. My husband stays at home with our son and he just had a checkup appointment this week and the doctor was asking him certain things that the baby did and he said, well, it sounds like he's ready to potty train because he will take his diaper off after he goes. Like he doesn't want to wear it anymore. So he'll take mm-hmm. it off and hand it to you. And he will lay down on the floor with his legs up you know, when he's ready to go to be yeah. changed. <laughs> so I said, okay, we're not ready for this. <laughs> you are. <laughs> but we, so we don't have a washer and dryer in New York City. So we spent a lot of time researching what we were going to do with diapers. And we've pretty much tried everything. Um, we've done disposables. We've done cloth. We've done the G diapers, which are sort of half cloth, half disposable. Right. And so been it's certainly been an experience. And that's one of the reasons why I was excited to chat with you about this. So what has been people's response to your diaper dog? Uh, well, when I first launched the, the little finger guards, I was still, I was like on the back end of, of getting laid off. Uh, I had launched mid-2013, and then I didn't know anything really about marketing, so it was kind of slow. I was used to being just a front-end graphic designer. I knew nothing about uh, creating email lists and Facebook advertising and, and all that jazz. So I launched in June of 2013, but it really didn't get any steam until August of, of that same year when I got featured on a, a blog. And... Uh, it, it was so funny because, you know, these things are little finger guards, which kind of seems silly. Uh, but I had done research and I was in forums with, you know, women complaining about having to touch their their diapers when having to separate it right before uh, laundry day. So, you know, initially, you know, people thought that the concept was uh, silly, but uh, there was this there was this. What was it? So this blogger, she featured my my finger guards and she came right out and told me, you know, like, I think this I I think this idea is really silly. But then I thought about it and I thought about how many times my husband just dumps the whole diaper into the laundry hamper because he doesn't want to touch the mess. So, you know, I think this is a great product. And when she debuted the product, that's when it really started to pick up steam. But my biggest debut was in 2014. That was the year I was laid off. I was laid off in January. And I had launched my patent pending spray collar, which was in June of 2014. And that really, that really took off. That's awesome. I can definitely say just from my own perspective that I was surprised at how scared of poop my husband was when we had a kid that, uh, I mean, we have a dog, we have three, we had three cats, our our cat just passed away. So we have two cats, but so we deal with a lot of, uh, puke and poop anyway just normally yeah. 
Uh, but he really had a thing about it. So I can totally see how useful they would be for, I mean, I'm sure there are tons of mothers that feel the same way as well, but definitely my husband is kind of, he's, he's definitely trialed by fire and gotten much uh-huh. better with it. But at first it was, it was all hands on deck. Yeah. I think men are mostly uh, squeamish and then maybe, maybe, maybe mother-in-laws, you know, they usually, I, I hear a lot of stories where mother-in-laws just go against the mother's wishes of using cloth diapers and just use disposables uh, <laughs> because they don't want to deal with the mess. But, and it's mostly because one of the big objections that I hear is from mother-in-laws is that you can afford disposable diapers. Why don't you just use them? Well, I'm going to use them when the baby's at my house. Mm-hmm. And that seems to cause a lot of contention between between the mother and the mother-in-law. It's it's really funny to hear those stories. I bet. I'm very <laughs> lucky my mother-in-law is awesome, but I've heard the stories too. Now, you talked a little bit about the spray collar. Can you tell us what that is? All right. So when I initially started Diaper Dogs, I came out with the finger guards. And basically, when you have the poop that you have to go down the toilet with, a lot of women like to use a handheld bidet, which is like a sprayer hose that's attached to the toilet. Um, well, a lot of women who are using this this bidet sprayer, the force of the water is so strong that when you're trying to spray down a diaper, the force of the water hitting the diaper kind of backsplashes back up in your face and the toilet seat and and the floor and basically that's poop water Mm -hmm. and (laughs) and so you know a lot of women were didn't like this they didn't like the the cleanup and the house they loved the force of the water spraying down you know getting the diaper cleaned but they they wanted you know something to contain the mess and so there were a couple of competitors out there on the market but I just felt like I could do better so what I did was I created the spray collar which is a poop shield and it's basically it fits right on the the head of a bidet and it kind of acts like a funnel that you press it right up against the diaper and you just swish away all the poop and then you just lift up and it falls right down in the toilet. It's like a self-contained washer, but it's the only poop shield on the market that can uh, fit in the palm of your hand. It absolutely needs no storage. It doesn't need any setup. And so it's truly from everything else out there, it's truly one of a kind. I think it's sort of funny. My last podcast episode we uh we talked a lot about the poop emoji mm-hmm. and i feel like we're talking a lot about the poop emoji but we're talking about real poop here but uh this is all great stuff i'm so impressed with how you you personally had a pain point that so many women have uh, so many families so many mothers and have totally addressed it with these products that is awesome and now how did people respond to the spray collar oh it went really great so i uh when i launched it in 2014 that like shot up my revenue like 919 percent and i did a a, i did a pre-order uh initially and so that pre-order funded my my production run and and luckily everybody got their their things on time but you know a lot of people a lot of women tell me they're like oh my gosh this is the most genius product on the market and you know this is so cool from the other stuff and it's so small and I love how I don't have to break it down and set it back up again and and just just things like that now this was for my spray collar I call it 1.0 which was at the time, which was just opaque silicone. Because in my eyes, I didn't think women wanted to see the poop as it was being agitated off of the diaper. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but my audience proved me wrong. They said, well, we need to see what's happening to make sure that the diaper is clean. And so spray collar 2.0 is completely see-through. So you can see all of that that action <laughs> going on. And you can you know, make sure that every part of the diaper is, is as clean as you want to be before you uh, throw it in the laundry. That's awesome. And what a great way to listen to your audience about what they prefer. Although I could see, I could certainly see you uh, not wanting to see it. But then I guess at the same time, I could understand why you would need to make sure it's clean. So it mm-hmm. makes good sense. Now, obviously, there's a lot of environmental positive impacts from cloth diapers. Have you seen a lot of people coming to you because of that? From what I gather from Facebook groups and just other conversations that are happening on the internet, most people go choose cloth diapers to save money. WIC, which is the Women and Infants and Children um, government program that provides uh, food stamps, they don't don't cover diapers. And so... That's crazy, really? Yeah. Yeah, they don't cover diapers. And so, you know, one in three mothers have to choose between diapers and necessities. They because they can't cover all of it. And so most women they they come in to save the money, but then on the back end they get all of these, you know, environmental benefits. Um, because disposable diapers are the third largest uh consumer item in landfills. They represent about like thirty percent of non biodegradable waste. Uh one diaper disposable can take up to 500 years to decompose and that's only when it's exposed to sunlight and air so you see pictures of a landfill you know that it's just piles and piles of junk and if you mix in you know disposable diapers in between that junk it's not getting exposed to that proper sunlight and air so it takes a whole lot longer than 500 years to uh to decompose and so that average that averages to about you know, 7.6 billion pounds of garbage each year, which is enough to fill up the Yankee Stadium 15 times of just diapers. Just diapers. That is appalling. Yeah, Yeah, and, you you know, you have these diapers in the landfills, and, you know, rain comes, and then you have fecal matter and other diseases seeping into the groundwater. So, you know... Even if you can just um, cloth diaper part-time, I think that would make a massive difference. And that's that's one of the things I, I try to push. Like, I know people feel this way about cloth diapers. And so I, I say you don't have to do it 100% of the time. Like, I understand you have a job and it's easier to throw disposable diapers in, in, in with daycare. But, you know, if you're at home or you're on the weekend, I think... If you can just consider using cloth diapers uh, during those times, you can make a fantastic uh, a shift for the environment and especially for your your wallet. You know, I I find if you if you really want to encourage change in anyone, you kind of have to hit their wallet first, and then all the other things tend to follow. And I think most women uh, won't object to saving money. I agree. And I think that that's a really great way to come at it. I think that certainly once you have a child, your expenses change and your life changes so much. So it really is one of the first things that you would think about. And when we were, when we were in the, you know, being when I was pregnant and we were planning for a child, of course, we were 
very concerned about the environment. And then once the kid is here, you're very concerned about, you know, staying alive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Very, very different. So I think that uh, it is a really great point that there can still be an environmental benefit. And even even if you only do it part time and uh, like we we have not done cloth diapers full time, but we've done a combination of things and just low lessening the impact on the environment through those methods is is a huge huge uh difference and oh my gosh those statistics that you shared those are terrifying yeah i mean y you know people really you know when i throw something in the trash i'm not emotionally connected to it because i'm never going to see the landfill i'm never going to see pounds and pounds of trash that's being accumulated daily but it's happening and i think you know, they say that our, our children inherit the earth after us. And I, I just think it's important to do your, just do, again, part-time, just a little bit. I, in my household, I'm not super crunchy, eco-crunchy at all. I, I recycle. Uh, but even when I recycle, I, I really don't, honestly, I really don't have the environment in mind when I recycle. What I have in mind is that when I'm throwing plastics away in the recycling, it means I don't have to take out the trash as often. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. So, you know, I, I think when it comes to, when it comes to, you know, making these choices for the environment, things that we normally don't think about, we just have to present it in a way that makes it convenient uh, for, for the user. You know, we have people, we're selfish, right? We want to make things easier for ourselves, cheaper for ourselves, yada, yada. And so I think in order to spread the message of cloth diapering and anything environmental, we have to think about kind of like the selfish reasons first. I agree. Absolutely. Now to shift gears just a little bit, it sounds like you have a very supportive husband who let you go to town with this idea. And uh, what's his relationship been to your business? I was so surprised when I told him the idea for the finger guards and it for the the production run it was about two grand and I was sending that two grand uh, overseas which you know who knows they might take my money and run um, because initially I had sought out uh, U.S. manufacturing and the manufacturing state in this country right now it's not very um, ideal for small businesses it would have cost me. 10 grand just for the mold alone uh, in order to to produce the my products I have to buy a steel mold and you know that was insane and so I had to go overseas and I was very surprised where he said just said go for it and you know that brings up a very good point which is you know you can always earn money you can always earn more money but time is something that you lose forever and I just didn't want to regret not doing it. So even though he told me to go ahead and, and you know, send the money, I was stopping myself because I was thinking, oh, well, this is the family's money. What if I lose it? What if this doesn't work out? You know, this is from, this is my children's money, but I just kept telling myself, well, you can always earn more. You can always earn more money. And so... My husband, he doesn't have, well, he kind of has like a, a fulfillment role. So right now he, he helps package the products when they come in because we still run this entire operation from the inside of our home. So what we do is whenever we get a shipment in, we, we 
package uh, a small amount here that go that goes to our direct website orders, and then we package the bulk of it and send it out to um, Amazon. And then Amazon takes care of the customer service and the fulfillment. It's amazing. But he does that. As far as like overarching decisions, um, I take care of that. I take care of the marketing. I take care of everything else. And so when my husband gets involved, all I have to do is like buy him a pizza and he's, <laughs> he's good to go. <laughs> that is excellent. And that is how you would have to pay me. Also, I think pizza <laughs> is the best way to be paid. Uh, I think that's amazing. So that's so cool that he is so supportive and that he really, you know, not only did he help you make that first big leap, but that he supported you the whole way and that he's supporting you now. I think that's amazing. It's very surprising because he's very, he's seven years older than me. And I think that's, that's kind of the point where he comes from going to a nine to five job and, and working and then getting a paycheck and coming home. So he doesn't really understand this online business stuff. <laughs> and he, he just he just rather like go to a job. So he he goes to his corporate job. He works at a bank and then I stay home with the kids and I run I run diaper ducks from home. And then since I'm a graphic designer, I also do that as well. And it, it's worked out. I've not had to to go back to a full time job and and since I've been laid off. That is amazing. That is fabulous. And I think that there's a lot of people out there who are gonna who are gonna really resonate with your story. Now what would you say is the biggest assumption that people make about you? Let's see. Well I think they see me and I'm I'm in person I'm I'm short and of course I have a very I call it I think I have a young voice. I, you know, I, I don't sound grown up at all. And I, you know, I have round cheeks and, you know, I'm chubby, whatever. <laughs> so I think they think, oh, well, she's just this sweet little woman. But I, I'm really much a firecracker. I'm very sarcastic. Uh, I'm blunt. Uh, <laughs> I don't curse like a sailor, but I'm, I'm getting there. My husband is from Boston. <laughs> my, my husband is from Boston. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think they just think I'm just this unassuming, uh, shy person. And I'm, I'm very much an introvert. I, I totally, um, embrace that. But when you get to know me, I'm not shy at all. And I think the biggest thing that a lot of people uh, learn about me when they do get to know me is that they realize that I know a lot more than I, I lead on and that I'm very ambitious. Um, I would say those are the two things that usually surprises people when they do get to know me. Now, what would be one takeaway you would want people to get from this podcast? I would say if you have if you have something inside of you, if you have an idea, just go for it. Again, time is something that you can never earn back. You can always earn back money. So don't be afraid of investing in something in, in your business idea or charity or whatever you, you really feel passionate about and going all in. My mother, she passed away in 2011 of, she had stage four lung cancer, but it was an aneurysm um, that led to a stroke that, that eventually took her, took her life. And I was there from the moment that she had her stroke and I was with her till the very end and she had a stroke so she couldn't speak. But every tear that rolled down her face told this regretful story 
of all the things she wanted to do in life, but she couldn't. And it wasn't until after she died and we read the letters that she left for us that I found out that she wanted to be an entrepreneur. She worked about 20 years at a gas station and um, just tried to work her way up there. But, you know, she she didn't speak. She didn't write English well. She was uh, originally from Panama. And so the young people with the college degrees were getting the positions that she had wanted. And she had settled. She had settled for the gas station, even though she wanted to be an entrepreneur. And, you know, maybe she didn't think she could live out her dream. Maybe she wanted to see her dreams lived out in her children, but she didn't go for it. And she missed out. Thank you for sharing that. That's a very beautiful story. And I'm sorry about the passing of your mother. And I, I had a similar experience with a relative who passed away and and then couldn't speak but that they you could see the the emotions and it, it is is very very powerful and I think that that is excellent advice that you know time is something that you're never going to get back so do it now <laughs> now would you happen to have a book you would like to recommend to the notable woman audience I'm a graphic designer so coming from that angle I've been really enthralled with Sally Hogshead's book called Fascinate. She is an advertising, former advertising executive and best-selling author. And she teaches you, you know how you have the Meyer Briggs personality test. Mm -hmm. uh, she formed her own profiling tool, which teaches you not how you see yourself, but how others see you. And then you can use that as a persuasive advantage. So if you go to howtofascinate.com, there's a free personality test and you can discover the your most persuasive advantage that you can use in your personal branding of your business. You can use it in job interviews and all those other kinds of social social situations. So I, I really I'm really enjoying her book right now. It's fascinate. Awesome. Now I have to say, do you know what your type is? Yes. So my primary advantage is mystique. And then my sub-advantage is innovation. Nice. What's your uh, little phrase, whatever she names it? I can't remember what she calls it. Uh, I'm a trendsetter. That's why I, that's the only part I remember. I forget what that is, uh, the, the advantages. I think I'm a, you know, it's left me. It's, I'm completely blank on that. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. I'm blank on the two, the two uh, advantages that make me a trendsetter. But I loved, I love that, uh, I love that book. I love that test. I think it's really fascinating, <laughs> which, you know, yeah. <laughs> now I'm being corny, but I, I did really enjoy it. And I think that it's, uh, it's a great way to think about things. And I really, I think I first heard about her. She was on a podcast that I, uh, I think she was on Amy Porterfield's podcast. And I, that's how I was introduced to her, but totally love it. Great recommendation. Thank you very much. Now, how can people get in touch with you if they want to connect? Um, You can connect with me at, I think, there's a, if you're interested in cloth diapers, there's, uh, if you go to diaperdogs.com slash contact, if you have a question about cloth diapers, I can answer it there. Otherwise, you can reach me on Twitter, which is Asia underscore Sequera. You can just tweet me there and we can kind of hang out over there. Awesome. I'll put links to all of that stuff in the show notes. Well, Asia, thank you so much. I really appreciate you joining us and educating us. And I think that your company is amazing. I'm so glad that you're doing this. And I'm definitely going to refrend all my preggers friends to you. Thank you so much. And just to one note, I'm the secret weapon. The secret weapon. I yes. like that. That is amazing. That's now, so much cooler than the trendsetter. Why can't yeah. I be the secret weapon? All right. Thanks, lady. Thank you. 
I hope you enjoyed that episode. I think it is a really important topic, and Asia is just a bundle of laughs and fun and energy. And I hope that you check her product out if it's a thing that you've been needing for yourself. Maybe it's a good gift to get for a friend who might be expecting a tiny bundle of joy. And also, I think it's a great example of having a problem and then solving it and then using that solution to make a business. So I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I will catch you again next week. Bye for now.